everyone, welcome to another episode of Cosmos with Cosmos. I'm Liz. I'm Mike. And Brandon's on assignment. <laughs> yeah. He's across international waters. Yeah, he, um, we sent him a text earlier today and um, he said that he's working on 27 hours of no sleep. So that's, uh, that's brand- because he can't sleep on a plane. Oh, that's, I can sleep. I can sleep anywhere. Yeah, anyway. I have a hard time. Anyway, how are we going to do this episode of High in the Sky, where we talk about what's up in the night sky and some latest astronomy news, how we can do it without him. Uh, but for now, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Perihelion. Hey! Hey! It has, it has gin, the last of our gin. Um, <laughs> yeah, need to get that out of the house. Um, the last of our gin, it also has um, dry vermouth. It has, um, um, I don't, ra- oh, raspberry liqueur and uh, lemon juice. And uh, normally it comes with um, egg white to give it that nice frothiness. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to have to crack any eggs. Didn't wanna... <laughs> I did not want to. Sometimes crack. you got to crack some eggs, Mike. No, not this time. You got to, or in my case, just breaking them. That's what I do because I, I can't crack eggs. <laughs> Very well, they just or just get broken. Um, meanwhile, I'm, it has been snowing all day. It has. Uh, it's still snowing, um, and so I'm cold. I'm cold. In fact, I kind of wanted to wear a sweatshirt, but I know I'll get hot. Uh, I am drinking a warmth in a cold, snowy evening. Did you forget the name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and this is basically just some um, uh, coffee. It is a Pete Major Dickinson uh, dark oh, yeah. roast blend coffee uh, with some peppermint shop schnapps, some cr- uh, creme de cacao, uh, and uh, marshmallows. Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Sounds uh, actually sounds really good. Yeah, it's been snowing all day. So Google says we're only gonna get like an inch of snow. We already have three inches of snow on the ground. So yeah. Google doesn't know what helps us. All right. Uh, first off, uh, follow us on all the things. All of them. At Drinking Cosmos on Twitter and Cosmos with Cosmos everywhere else. And you can find the podcast on your Spotify's and your Googles and your Apples. And then you can see us uh, if you like to look at us when you're listening to us on the YouTubes. Um, oh, it's a Polish donut with real raspberry jam oh, filling. Nice. Oh, that's good. I like I, that. I love how Federico goes, um, yeah, it's 51 degrees Fahrenheit or better, 11 degrees. Yes, the whole world needs to be on the metric system. <laughs> or I should say the U.S. Are... needs to, you know, but go I appreciate, with the rest of the world. I appreciate you co- uh, accommodating us with the Fahrenheit there, Federico. <laughs> Very nice. Otherwise, I would have had to do some mental uh-huh, calculations uh-huh, for uh-huh. you. Uh, meanwhile, you're uh, while you're following us, uh, you know, check out uh, some fantastic art of a one Katie Davison, Wild Ixia, I-X-I-A, mm-hmm. uh, on Etsy. Um, she's got cool stuff, and she is uh, head Disney World she right now. She Disney is World. on her way to Disney World. Uh, and you can also check out a good friend of ours, Mr. Ron Proctor, Mr. R- uh, Mr. Show.com. He does things, toodles around. You know, so educating the masses uh, and enlightening the world. And, of course, uh, good old Jack, RollingBluffsPlanetarium.com. So, you know, if you're in the Midwest neck of the woods, there it is. If, you, if you're in Iowa. 
Check them out. Definitely go <laughs> check, check out the Planetarium Show from him. And meanwhile, every other Wednesdays, you can find us again with little shots, bit sized of astronomy for you on the shot with Cosmos with Cosmos every other Wednesday. Uh, meanwhile, uh, while we're doing the show, if uh, the dogs start barking or if we make any nerdy references to uh, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, uh, take a drink. Uh, you, you left one off. If, oh, if yeah, my mustache, mustache falls, falls off. off. Yeah, yeah, I reused a Google Doc from... <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we have? When you were, oh, was that when you were Einstein? That was when you yeah, were Einstein. Yeah, when I was Einstein. Um, what do we have? Because I, I am coming into this podcast. Um, I have only read the first bullet point. That is all I've read. You didn't go through it? Though? I did not go through it. Oh, so well. This is going to be a fun ride for me. Oh, boy. It's going to be a fun ride for everyone. Uh, you know, it's, it is weird to think of the upper Midwest and Italy as being like having a, you know, the same weather happening. Yeah, I always think Italy is, you know, I mean, it's Mediterranean. Yeah, Italy is always, like, really nice. And then the Midwest is just, like, there's tornadoes constantly happening. (laughs) Um, All right. It's time to get high in the sky. Uh, So, uh, in the evening sky now, uh, in January, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, there are some planets. I mean, generally, there's going to be some planets that are better up there. um, Because they're also hanging out in the solar system, orbiting the sun, just like we are. I know one of them is up there, because it's the bullet point I read. The one that you read? What is it, Mike? It is Venus, (gasps) and it's in the southwestern part of the sky. It is! All month, all month, you can find Venus in the southwestern part of the sky. Uh, It is... Uh, very bright. Yes, it's third the brightest third object. brightest object. So sun, moon, Venus. Yeah. Um, you know, because the ladies are hot. Uh, and uh, and uh, so it's going to be really easy to spot. Um, I should have put this <laughs> together with this first note. Uh, but um, Venus and Saturn on January 23rd. <laughs> And we've already broken down. Uh, actually, show. yeah, I know, I know. I should have put the bullet point next to each other, but I was doing this dumb. Gonna be next to anyway, uh, Venus and Saturn—they're going to be hanging out together all month, basically. Oh, okay. uh, so where you find Venus, uh, Saturn's going to be just like a little bit. I think uh, I don't know what to direction this would to the side of it. Um, and Saturn itself is—is—it's a decently bright, you know, object mm-hmm. to spot. Um, but it's actually seventy-five times dimmer than venus oh 75 but yeah but you don't really like if you look you wouldn't think of that like i never thought of that before because saturn seems bright in its own right i mean venus is very bright yeah but i didn't realize it was 75 times like brighter than saturn okay. which was kind of interesting to me um uh, mars is uh is fighting its wars in uh central taurus all month is it in retrograde how does that affect uh Nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't. In fact, actually, earlier this month, Mars uh, came out of retrograde and is oh, in prograde. It? it is currently in prograde. Uh, I think right that's now. why I'm feeling a little better. Maybe. Yeah. Huh? No, it's not. The planets don't dictate any part of your life. Jesus. Anyway, so Taurus the bull, um, will you can spot it by looking for uh, this V shape of stars, and then to uh, the right of that, like a little, 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 little mini dipper of stars a cluster called the pleiades um and so that's kind of like what the, do they call it in japan 
Subaru. Subaru. We do this every time we talk about the Pleiades. Um, And these are both star clusters. And so the V makes out the face of Taurus, the bull. Um, So you can think of Mars then. If that's the face, then its body is just going to be to the right. Uh, And so look for a red, uh, a red uh, bright dot in the body of the bull. And that'll be Mars. Now, there is going to be a brightish red object in that V or looking like it's in that V when it's not. Uh, and that is Aldebaran. And that's the eye of the bull. It's going to be a little bit more orangey red. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be Mars. So the bright one that's by the V, not Mars. The red dot in the middle of its body, Mars. Aldebaran means bullseye, right? Yeah, bull, bullseye. Yeah. So in Arabic. You know what? I've never called it. I've always said the eye of the bull. I've never said bullseye. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, I think this is the first time I've ever called it the uh, bullseye as well. But, I mean, that's kind of what yeah, it is. That is. But, you know, we think of bullseye as you're throwing darts. Yeah, that's so. why, maybe that's why I never phrased it that way. Anyway. All right. Jupiter. Uh, Jupes. It's going to be visible early evening for most of the month. But at the end of January, it's going to start setting at dusk uh, in the west. So... Uh, which is which is good, it. which is good, because when we uh, when we get to Oregon, we can say it's a different planet, because we always had to say it was Jupiter for your mom. <laughs> That's right. We're like, she's like, what's that bright one? And I'm like, it's Jupiter. It's Jupiter. <laughs> what's that bright one? And then two weeks later, what's that bright one? Uh, same planet as before, Jupiter. It's Jupiter. Well, uh, and it was Jupiter, uh, but at the end of the month, which we're getting closer to the end. Yeah, so we're, we're going to uh, move so on to the next setting. set. It'll be setting at dusk. And it's the second brightest object in the sky. No, you mean what? No. It's the third brightest. No. Fourth. The it's got to be the fourth, at least. <laughs> hey, everyone. Sky <laughs> in the sky. Jupiter is as bright as the full moon, which means we are screwed. That, that would be very bad. Yes, uh, that would be bad. That would be like, well, say, say... You love, you love your people. Tell your people you love them. Goodbye. You remember when? Uh, you remember? It was like years oh, ago. Oh, the Saturn thing. No, it was Mars, right? Was oh, it Mars. Mars, Mars like is going to be as big and as bright like, as, as the a full moon. moon. And it's like if that is happening, You're then we're trouble. all dead. So let's hope it's not. Yep. Uh, we're going to have a repeat Thayer incident. Uh, yep. That is not a good thing. So. Anyway. Um, so again, I mentioned Venus and Saturn are going to be hanging out together all month, um, kind of in the southwestern part of the sky. Uh, but on uh, January 23rd, the moon's going to stop by and say hi. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to get pretty close to them. It's going to be like, hey guys, it's going to be a crescent moon, uh, which is good because that way the moon's not like super bright. And so, you know, you can see them, you can look at the moon and Jupiter, Saturn and uh, Venus. It's actually one of the best times to see the moon, like through a telescope. Yeah. yeah. You can see, you can see the shadows going across the crater. From that Terminator line between the dark and the, between the night and day side. Uh, Oh yeah. The shadows that are cast. it it, It makes the moon feel 3D. Which it is, it's the sphere, right? But when you look the at the moon, the moon's not flat. No, no, only the Earth is flat. Remember? Oh, that's right. Everything else is a sphere. Right. Um, but um, when when the moon is full, mm-hmm. which is when people want to look at the moon through a telescope. Oh no! It, um, it can first damage of all, your eyes. Um, first of all, you need to put on a, a moon, lunar filter. A moon filter. Yeah, to knock some of the brightness down because it is very bright. It can mm-hmm. you can like temporarily blind yourself. Yeah, with it's it. reflected sunlight, people. 
Yeah. Um, but also, it looks very flat because there's really no shadows. Because on a, on yeah. a full moon, you're looking at it at basically at noon. Yeah, like and peak it's, daytime. Uh, for the moon. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, the moon goes a-wandering, as it does. As it does. Um, and on the 25th of January, it's going to stop by Jupiter. Let's be like, Jibs. Say hi there. Jibs, what's up? Uh, and in fact, in a pair of binoculars, both will share the same field of view. That's how close the moon is. Oh, wow. So it's going to be really big. How close it gets to uh, Jupiter. Wow, that's nice. So that's their... their uh, uh, that's con- really close. Con- yeah, it's a close conjunction. Uh, and then uh, a little a little planet that hardly gets any recognition at all, whether in space or in the night sky... Um, and that's because usually it's a little planet that like sticks pretty close to uh, our sun. You know, it's a, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a mama's boy. Um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't like to stray too far. Of course, I'm talking about Mercury, Mercury. just a barren, desolate world. And now the smallest planet. In the that is the system. smallest planet in the solar system now. Shut up! Stop whining about it, Jesus. Uh, and uh, it usually, because it's the closest planet to the sun in the solar system in our night sky, um, it's it usually is pretty low on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on January thirtieth, it's going to reach its greatest western elongation. It's going to have twenty five degrees of separation from the sun, so it's actually the best time to see Mercury in the early morning hours. In fact. Um, about 6.15 a.m. local time is um, the optimal time to go out and try oh, to try to oh, take nice. a peek at, at Mercury. You know, um, I have almost run off the road twice um, looking at astronomical objects. Yeah, don't, oh, don't, don't look for stuff in the night sky when you're driving. Don't text and drive. Don't, don't text and drive. Don't astronomy me, and drive. For me, it's don't astronomy drive. So, um, I, both of both. Both times in Arizona, mm-hmm. um, I one was I was driving up towards Flagstaff, and um, I just looked out the window, and there was the, there was the uh, there was the Milky Way, oh, and I mean. so just blazing across the sky, and almost ran off the road. The thing is, mm-hmm. it was like the I, it was at Bumblebee, which is no uh, middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere, but it was also you're going up this huge mountain. Oh, pass. the Bumblebee Crown King. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're going up this huge mountain pass, and that is not where you want to run off the road. Uh, the second time was actually in Phoenix, where I did actually see Mercury, and I was like, "There's Mercury," and I almost ran off the road. So don't don't astronomy and drive. I gotta stay awake while we're driving at night now. You what? I'm gonna stay awake and keep my eye on you while we're driving at night. Well, you know, the good news is, is we're not going to be making these long trips on our oh, middle of night true. like we have been known that's to do. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, last thing, uh, as far as planets and stuff go, uh, also on January 30th in the evening sky, uh, the moon is going to hang out with Mars. Nice. And they will also share the same view in a, uh, a field of view and binoculars. And by the way, seriously, um, if you do have uh, uh, binoculars or even... Uh, a telescope. Please look at these things through a telescope. Mm-hmm. Saturn is amazing. You can see its rings. Jupiter, you can see its um, oh. the belts and zones, basically the bands Red that go across with a good it. Enough, uh, with a large a enough telescope. Telescope, but with like just some like like I, I'd say crap, but you know, like cheapy telescope. That's you know not you know 
Yeah, like super like for like just a really cheapy kind of like even kid telescope, you can see the rings of Saturn. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they're amazing. We we do not advocate you going to Walmart or Target to buy your telescopes, but but if you do, then those telescopes are good enough to show you the rings of Saturn and the belts and zones of Jupiter. Yeah, um, and um, I mean wherever you live, there's going to be an astronomy club. They have mm-hmm. star, uh, parties, star parties, and, and they're more than happy to have you. Know, you. And you, when we get to Oregon, we need to get to an observatory. Local observatories and stuff will will do things like that. Um, yeah. Anyway, cool. Check out the night sky. Uh, you know, see what's up there. That's uh, our show. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Uh, apps like Google Sky Maps and the Apple Sky Maps. Uh, they can help you out. You know, if you're wondering what something is, mom. And there's nobody around to help tell you what it is. Mom, you can just point your... You can just uh, get one of those apps, uh, like the Apple, I don't know what the Apple one's called, but Sky Map. Uh, and you just point your phone at the sky and it'll tell you what it is, what you're looking at and where which, things are. Which, I'm which surprised is really I haven't shown great. her how to use that yet. I'm which sorry. is really great uh-huh. and creepy at the same time. That your yeah. phone knows exactly where you are and which way you're facing. And it's... Yeah. By having a cell phone, we've all consented to just... Global Big Brother. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Away from the sky into uh, the news realm. The news realm. Nice. Um, I don't have too much. I like how your mom just says, okay. But, and this is one for Brandon, even though he's not here, this would make him feel, well, a a little bit better, maybe. Um, But NSF, National Science Foundation, and SpaceX, they've uh, reached an agreement to reduce Starlink's effect on astronomy. So Starlink is this constellation of satellites by SpaceX. Uh, It's not the only one that has or is developing a constellation program um but it's all these tiny satellites to create what, internet or whatever. yeah and internet access uh to to have uh better internet access um across the world which is great which is really good is great I mean, there's a lot admirable. of people that need that need internet um however um these things get really bright and they block stuff and it's hard to use telescopes and do really good astronomy when you have this fucking constellation of satellites that are just like Flying by constantly, yeah. and, and in a way. And um, what's what's frustrating about this is SpaceX is not the only ones now. No, there the there ones. are other companies that yeah. are doing it, and so NASA and, and NSF are going to have to reach out to all of these companies and figure out a thing. And the problem is, is that the, these companies aren't they're. Uh, their emphasis is not the accumulation of astronomy knowledge. Their emphasis is making the money. And yeah. so um, this cuts into their bottom line in a way. And it, uh, yeah, so, so the agreement is that uh, SpaceX will deploy a quarter of the 30,000 satellites, 30,000 satellite system, a quarter of the 30,000 satellite so what, system. 7,500 um, And then de- they're deferring consideration of the rest of the constellation. Okay, but that's, that's good news. That's okay. good news. Um, um, and it will continue to work to um, dim its satellites so that they're no brighter than seventh magnitude, which means 
that they will be invisible to the naked eye. Um, well, and then reducing reducing their effect on ses- sensitive astronomical instruments. Um, and they've agreed not to transmit when their satellites pass over major radio observatories. Oh, okay, that's good. However, uh, this agreement, it's all voluntary. This isn't anything that is is law, nothing that they can be legally really be held by. So it's not going to happen? So it's... It, it'll happen it's, for like two months? Yeah, and then, it's kind and of then their Musk word. will be like, I want more well, Twitter luckily, access. Well, luckily, Musk doesn't run SpaceX anymore. Well, no, but he he's going to be like, I want more so, Twitter. No one wants more Twitter. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so that's good. Let's We'll see what happens. I mean... I'm sorry, I was laughing at Jack. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with it. But, I mean, it's a good first okay, step until good there good is it's some form news. of legislation and stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, when this happens with all kind of new technology, is then seeing like, oh, shit, this is affecting X, Y, Z in certain ways. And that's when then, okay, the laws and the legislation come yeah. in to kind of rein things in or kind of see how it's to make something something new you know, more manageable for everybody on the planet. Yeah, and and I do think this is a good idea. Um, it, it's just my pessimism towards, mm-hmm. you know, corporate America, corporate world, yeah. corporate. Yeah. It's not just corporate I know. America. We're, we're, okay. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news is an 850-year-old supernova left a zombie star. What's a zombie behind. star? What's that? Ooh. And that would have been perfect for Halloween. I know, right? Um, so there was a supernova that occurred uh, 850 years ago that was recorded uh, by people in the Far East that observed this. Um, and so astronomers, they studied these supernova remnants, mm-hmm. um, you know, to learn more about it and learn more about stellar evolution and, and all this good stuff. Um, and there's a, a team uh, that basically was observing this supernova remnant uh the uh robert fesson of dartmouth college it's his study um and he presented it at this year's uh aas conference american astronomical society um which and, is in seattle and uh basically by uh studying the supernova remnant there's this there's um a white dwarf hanging out in the center of it now mm-hmm. normally uh you have type 1a supernovas those ones big bada booms nothing remains um, there are no survivors, um, but there are like a rare type of supernova called one I I don't know what you say one A X, and these ones uh, a star can actually survive the supernova. They're not mm. as bada boomy as one A's, um, and so um, uh, Doctor Fesson says I've worked on supernovae for decades and he's never seen anything like this. Um, he photographed this star in this supernova remnant, uh, this nebula, uh, in late October 2022 with a 2.4 uh, uh, Hiltner meter. telescope, a 2.4 meter, meter uh, Hiltner telescope at Kitt Peak okay. Observatory, which is another place you can go, uh, and they do public uh, observing at night. If, if you're in Arizona, you can If you're in you Tucson, you can go yeah. to It's Kitt's like, a, what, an hour from Kitt, um, Tucson? Yeah, yeah. And you can, uh, you can uh, do a little nighttime... Uh, We'll do a nighttime public thing for you. But the scariest thing is, is that you have to drive down the mountain, right? It's down the mountain with your, with lights, your lights off. off. Yeah, because of the, the they're doing actual 
astronomical work up there, so you yeah. can't you can't have your lights on. Um, they do have a car that you follow. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you have to you yeah. have to deal with your lights off. That's funny. Um, okay. Uh, so these uh, basically this supernova resulted. It happened when two white dwarf stars collided. So a white dwarf is the remnant of a sun-like star that kind of puffed off its outer layers of gas and dust, and the core shrunk down. Uh, to what's called a white dwarf, where it just kind of radiates away its leftover energy, and mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm taking a long, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go snooze. Um, but two white dwarfs uh, apparently collided. We got a boom, but a white dwarf remained. Oh, okay, so it wasn't massive enough to make so a neutron it, star. Uh, no, it wasn't massive enough to make a neutron star. And so you have this extremely, what's being called an extremely energetic zombie star behind. Um, so the central, so the central white dwarf has a surface temperature of two hundred thousand Kelvin. It's a hundred, which is hot, which is much hotter than the sun. It is a hundred and thirty times the luminosity of the sun, uh, and it's fading. Which is how much energy is putting out per second? And it's fading quite rapidly, one point seven magnitudes over the past century. Okay. And the most weird and remarkable thing about it is that it has it has a Stellar wind uh, that travels outward at sixteen thousand kilometers per second, or five percent of the speed of light. That's about ten thousand miles per, uh, per um, second. And so, uh, Fessen says that it's it's insane. Let stars simply don't have wind speeds those fast. Even really giant, luminous ray, uh, wolf rayet stars, um, their their wind speeds are like a few thousand kilometers per second at most. So, do they understand the physics of this? Um, well, this is where they say that the supernova uh, was the rare uh, 1AX type. It's a, a low luminosity supernova. Um, and so they think that that's why you have this star left over. And that's why they've never, you know, it's kind of like the, the conditions of the supernova created this kind of, you know, weird thing that we don't usually see. Um, and so they don't quite understand. So they don't really quite understand it. So Fessen, uh, he has applied for observing time on both Hubble and James, James Webb. Um, and he says that the WST image will be simply amazing, and it would make for a great Fourth of July image. Oh, nice. So, uh, so yeah. So he's gonna use some good ass telescopes. So it must have um, some, some fireworks. Yeah. Um, and so, all right, cool. Uh, to get more information so we can learn more about this crazy star um, that's, that's you know, the byproduct of a, of a kind of a low-luminosity supernova. I'm going to have to look, I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a stellar wind. It's a stellar wind. I'm, I'm interested in the physics behind the stellar wind for the, for that, right. uh, for the star. What, why, is, why is it creating a... Is it is it because of how fast it's, how fast its energy is kind of well probably I mean because all right so I mean all right so you have a star it, mm-hmm. this star is not creating energy in its core yeah so it's cooling down yes. so it's cooling down part of that is the the stellar wind is going to carry some of that energy away mm-hmm. but it's also the the light that it emits is also going to carry that yeah, uh, that energy yeah. away. So, um, yeah, so I would say it probably is related. Uh, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to know yeah. the physics behind it and what, what they think it is. I mean, 
Going one point, was it seven? One point seven. One point seven magnitudes over over the past century. That's a that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, you know, and it's of course to have the circumstances to have two white dwarfs in a binary system close enough that they then collide and have this rare this type of. I mean, this is like a you know these are rarer events than just a big star. You know, a, a regular big ass star going through its lifespan and going boom. Mm-hmm. Did you it know? say how far away it is? Um, yes, but I did not put it in the notes. Oh. The article said how far away it oh, is. It'd be but, interesting. Uh, it'd be really um, interesting. And they they calculated to be the supernova remnant, uh, the nebula. They calculated the nebula to be um, eight hundred fifty years old, but it's like uh, a certain number of light years away. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't remember what. Uh, It'd be really 16, interesting. Or, I don't know. Can can LIGO is LIGO sensitive enough to detect the gravitational waves from two white dwarfs? Because mm-hmm. it should it should act the same way that like neutron stars and black holes coalescing. Mm-hmm. It's going to give off gravitational waves. It won't be as big, yeah. obviously. Um, so it'd be really interesting, though, if, if uh, LIGO has that capability to actually be able oh, to yeah. detect um, two neutron stars. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Cool. All right. The comet cometh. <laughs> Sounds like we're going to die. <laughs> we're not going to die, but there's a comet coming. Uh, comet's <laughs> going to come by, designated as C3 slash 2002, or I'm sorry, 2022 ZTF. So new one. This is a new one. Uh, it was first discovered in March 2022. Um, it's been getting closer to Earth and brightening. Um, it's expected to reach its brightest point in early February. And it's going to take it uh, on a path through the sky to bring it close to the Big Dipper and Cassiopeia, both of which are in the north, the northern part of the sky. That explains um, a work question I got <laughs> about comets. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, okay, that's the last go. one. I gotta look into um, this. And so uh, they've calculated, astronomers have calculated that it's on a 50,000 year oh, orbit. So, so is... it hasn't come by for a while. Yeah. You know, it's out there and it's like, you know what? I haven't been for Pardon? a bit. That, that crazy planet. So is our cloud. That had like some weird creatures on it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, out it's there. It's an orc cloud. cloud. It's a long it's period orc. comet. Yeah. Um, and comets again for those of you out there that that aren't aren't sure what a comet is. Uh, it's a dirty snowball in space. It's so just, it is. Just a cold. We, we got dirty snowballs outside. Dirty snowball. But this is much bigger. Uh, hanging out. Um, so, so I yeah I didn't I didn't read if it was naked eye visible mm-hmm. or if you need binoculars. Um. To, to spot because it. Because apparently I'm going to be working on this on Monday. But again, in, in early February, it's going to be at its brightest. But it's coming. We got a comet coming by to say hi. I like it. And you know, comets mean death. Death's death coming. and destruction, basically. Yeah. Will you quit looking at your phone? Well, Katie just landed in Orlando. Okay. <laughs> We're doing a show. <laughs> All right. Uh, last uh, last bit of uh, news we have for you, of course, is from the none other than the James Webb Space Telescope. It discovered its first exoplanet. LHS-475, right? Woo! LHS-475B, yep. 41 light years away from us. That's not bad. Yeah. That's pretty close, and it's about the same size of Earth. 
Uh, or almost the exact diameter, I'll say. So. Okay, we gotta go back. Jack said that he could just see it with his telescope. Ooh, really? Yeah, with the Ooh, comet. We're talking about the comet. The comet. <laughs> Not okay. the exoplanet, the comet. So that means maybe it could be naked eye visibility. Um, yeah, because it's got at least a month to go. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Thank you, Jack. Thank you for uh, telling us that. Um, All right, exoplanet. Okay, so the exoplanet has almost the exact diameter of Earth. Um, and it's just confirmed the existence of this exoplanet, which is exciting because future observations, it's going to study more of what this planet's made of, its yeah. composition. And that, w- and then we can be like, ooh, is yeah. the hellscape or it's a hellscape. is it nice? Okay, I, I can answer that for you right oh, now. See, I didn't read anything about it. It's a hellscape. It takes oh. something like two days to go. Oh, it's just no, it's a roiling hellscape. Yeah, it's a hellscape. Well, you never know. There could, be, there could be life that likes really neat, hot planets. Now, for this, though, it is how James Webb discovered it is that it was looking at the at the star and the brightness dipped. And they're like, ho, ho. Yeah. And so this is this is a transit method. And um, so it's only I'm going to take your phone. I am going to take your phone and put it over there. Listening on the podcast can tell. Um, Yeah. But it only takes like a few days for it to go. Oh, okay, okay. I guess I should have read the full. No, this is article. this is, but this is what this is one of the things that like I have been so excited about right. for James Webb and is the discovering of the exoplanets. Now, now to be fair, this is that was actually a candidate planet first uh, observed by TESS, uh, the yeah. TESS spacecraft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> TESS is looking for exoplanets. But um, you know, but what's really cool though is that sure, this is its first one. Mm-hmm. And it's really close to the star, but it's going to find some that are further out. Yeah, and it can actually sniff them. You know, what you made of? It's like a dog. And you know, I, I, you know, we like to say the word sniff, um, but that's kind of what it's doing is is it's looking at the atmosphere of these planets and figuring out what's uh, what's in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did that with the first Im- uh, those first images yes, that came down yes, in July yes, it said of what last was in year. The so I, you know, James Webb, if it's up there for 20, 30 years, it's, imagine what all we're going to learn. This it's it's going to be a fun ride. Mm-hmm. So much, yeah. And I, there was another article I didn't I didn't put in, but uh, that there are already uh, like researchers at I think Rice University, uh, actually places around the world that were looking into the Karina image and just all the star birth, all the new, all these stars baby stars these proto stars that they were finding that they hadn't seen before in any hubble image of it that they've been able to spot just like so many now just from looking at that one yeah. image in the near infrared from a tenere cam and yeah. they had like markers all over these different areas and it was like before there was like you know a certain amount that they would see and then it just that number went yeah what was amazing though about the karina image is back in July was, all right, so they did the whole big announcement, mm-hmm. um, and it was a whole production that, that Liz and I were like, oh, we, we, we need to work for NASA and run their production. Mm-hmm. But anyway, with the Karina, um, they're talking about it, and they're like, you know, this, 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 that, and the other thing. And, but there were all these regions where, like, we don't know what's going on right there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like, this is, we haven't seen. We have never seen this. Here. This is interesting. We don't understand it. Mm-hmm. 
And and to me, that is the most amazing thing about like the Karina images and all these other images. Well, and that's the point of James Webb. You know, it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. You know, which is ma- giving us better eyes. You know, we got some better bifocals out there. You yeah. know, um, and so it's proving that look at look at what we're missing out on. And you know, there's there's nothing wrong with saying we don't understand. I I, I realize that in today's society that um, a lot of people say, okay, well, science has to understand it. Um, no, that's the beauty of science is, is that we don't understand everything. We're always looking for the answers. Well, once we, we do understand say, something, then another question pops up and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Or another observation comes that we just don't understand. Um, we we don't have all the answers, unlike uh, some people who say that they have all the answers. Uh, we don't have them, and we advance mm-hmm. by looking for those answers and eventually getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like a hangover. That's a hangover. Um, but I agree with you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a little in the morning. Before we uh, close out the show. Do we need to pour it on the drink? I prefer you didn't because, you know. (laughs) Because we've got plans. You know. Uh, But this in memoriam is for China's, uh, I should have looked at the pronunciation of this, the uh, Zhurong Rover. Sure. We, we're being blocked by the Great Firewall of China, oh, true, so true. they aren't listening to us anymore. Um, it was a rover um, that uh, was put into hibernation six months ago uh, to help it survive the Martian winter, oh, it where winter is okay. it's on Mars, um, where temperatures can get down to negative 100 degrees Celsius. Um, it's pretty chilly. It was supposed to wake up from hibernation on December 26th. Um, and China's National Space Administration is trying to reestablish communication. However, um, there was also a, a regional dust storm that cloaked the area, mm-hmm. and that uh, reduced the energy it could use to keep its batteries um, operational. Damn dust storms on those Mars. Du- those are, that's the big hazard on Mars, is the big dust storms on Mars. Many a rover have uh, succumbed Succumb to, it. to a rover yeah. and lander. Opportunity. Pat, yep. And then so, uh, spirit, insight, um, uh, insight of recent, um, you know, uh, uh, the, um, you know, eventually those solar panels are going to get too dirty to, to work. So, yeah. uh, so here's to, uh, the Zhurong Rover, you know, at least you got there, buddy. <laughs> and let's be honest, we want... Uh, we we want like every country to drop something on a a moon, Mars, whatever. The, not the not more... something, not something destructive. No, no, no. Okay, like a something that gives us scientific knowledge. Drop some science. Rover, you know, orbiter. Mm-hmm. We we want China to go places. We want mm-hmm. um, obviously we want um, the Europe's, European European you know, space you know, agency to go the, places. The, uh, country's government is not necessarily a country's people right yeah and so um yeah i mean th- that's great china landed on uh, on mars but Mar- mars has a way of just eating up space travel oh, yeah. it really does yeah. uh we, we enjoy it while you can because we have been in a really good um yes the abuela robo solar panel cleaners from last <laughs> They're made on Mars. I forgot all about that. Um, 
I mean, we're, we're in this great period right now where we've been very successful, but it it really was before this period of 50-50 shots. Yeah, just like, well. <laughs> From human era to just Mars just eating shit. Yeah. You know, and so, um, yeah. Mars. You got a war, you got to win that battle to make it there. <laughs> oh, well done. Well done. That's what I'm here for. On that note, thanks for joining everyone. I was at every us. Everyone on this episode of Cosmos of Cosmos High in the Sky Edition for January 2023. What are we doing in two weeks? <sighs> Magnetars. We're going to talk Magnetars. Yes, we had to change the schedule. I'm going to find the Nirvana song that has Magnetar in the lyrics. Okay, okay. We uh we had to change on the schedule yes. a little bit because Brandon's not going to be available and in two weeks, and we want him available for talking. Yes, so, so we're going to do Magnetar in two We're going to change it up. Uh, but follow us on all the things at Drinking Cosmos on Twitter and Cosmos with Cosmos everywhere else. And of course, uh, if you're with us live right now or you want to come back later and hang uh, hang out with us on the Hangover. There you go. Okay. I was going to be like, wait a minute. I created the name. I'm not <laughs> going to forget the name like some other okay, two people. Can you wrap this up? I have to go do the IPS. <laughs> We've got to renew your IPS membership. All right. Anyway, thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll Cheers, see you everybody. next time. Bye.